a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. All right, we're here in the uh, studios. Kenny Watson, fresh off his Pulp MX show appearance last night. I'm not sure when you guys are going to be hearing this, but... Uh, yeah, so uh, just thought we'd do a little one-on-one with the great Vegas K-Dub, uh, Kenny Watson. Uh, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well, Steve. Um, so I guess let's start sort of what you're doing now, which was a step back from the races. You're not at them. You were helping out Josh Hansen with the Living 100 team. Uh, you barely went to any races this year. Uh, but you're looking to get back in if the opportunity is right. You've got things on the go for yourself, your podcast, Inside the Rut. The Inside yeah. Rut? The inside the rut? What is Dude, it? Dude, stop it. No, for reals. Inside the rut? Inside the rut. Okay. Um, Dude, so I, got, I can't believe that you're disrespecting me like I, that. Like, you don't I'm know one, the name I'm of it. I'm one word off. I'm one word off. Is this off Pulp Fiction? Way. This is yeah. the show Pulp Fiction? It's uh, the Puppet MX show. Uh, the uh, Pulp Fiction motocross show? Jesus. Okay, okay so um, a couple things I want to ask you about the state of the sport, because you were involved with Plano and Triple X, of course, and we're going to get into that, and of course the RCH team, that you guys had some terrific sponsors, that some of them you had an integral part of bringing to the team. And I've been talking to David Evans over at JGR, who's a good guy, and, and really helping them out with their motocross team, and now more so on the NASCAR team. So I want to get to the whole um, uh, topic of sponsorship of teams in our sport, but in a, f- on your level, um, yeah, I mean, you're, are you looking, you're looking to bring some of your, your marketing genius marketing b2b that you've done over the years with many other teams you're looking for a home kind of for that information right now i I really wouldn't say i'm looking like like that's my number one goal is like i I don't need to go do this let's get this straight i don't need to bring what i've learned to a a program or anything i don't need to do that I'm saying I would do that right. if the opportunity was right. I'm just not going to go do that for any team or anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, and I'm not trying to sound cocky or arrogant. Um, I just think it has to be the right fit. I don't want to go to a team or have or or have an opportunity that um, I don't think that it's justifiable for myself or for them. I'm just not going to go for a paycheck. And, um, right. I've never been that guy just to go for a paycheck. I, I'm i about succeeding, and my passion is very high for the for the industry and for the sport. And if I can make a difference, and I like the, the brand, and I like the people that I'm around, I, I'll, I'll look into it. But that's what I will do. I'm just not going to jump back into something because I need the job. Yeah. Um, because I don't. Yeah. Um, 
Well, RCH, you're part owner of RCH, mm-hmm. and um, the team got liquidated. I imagine there was a race shop. There were well, no, there was down oh, yeah. Yosh, but there were there were things assets of RCH. So you collected a little bit on that. A yeah, little, a yeah. Little, I mean, yeah, it's all good. Not I mean, a huge thing, but yeah, something. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like none, uh, something to retire on. for, no. for sure. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, it, we we had that program for a long time, and you know there was definitely assets, and there was uh, it, it was good. Because um, you know, Watson, that over the years with a lot of teams you've been involved with, and, and you've been in the pits for a long time, a lot of people looked at you, and then they looked at the sponsors of the team or the or the team that itself was 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 doing, and was like, how did that guy pull it off? And that's happened a few times to you, I would imagine, over the years, but. What you're saying is like, like you can do this. You've done it before. You can do it again if if the situation is right, the right people, the right team. You think you got another one in you? Yeah, for sure I do. Do you have another uh, in you where people go? How did he pull that off? Do you have yeah, that? Yeah, well, I'm again? not just saying us uh, on on a, like that's one thing that I don't want people just to think that. I'm that guy that could go out and just pull sponsors because no. that was the first thing that happened. Soon as people found out that it was done, they were, I, I got that probably, RCH was done. You mean that RCH was done? Yeah, yeah like yeah. five phone calls going, "Hey, can you get us sponsors? Uh, we'll pay you." And I'm just right. like, "No, you know." And I'm not going to do that. Like I, I, I want it. Like I look at it as if I'm going to go out and get sponsors, I want to be there to represent the sponsor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the relationship that I have with the with the sponsor. And I would never have, you know, go out and get a get a sponsor for, uh, call it a team, yeah. and just turn it over and say, all right, you know, because at the end of the day, it's my relationship with those people. Um, yeah. And that's something that I've always had. And, you know, that that's the key of getting the sponsor is having the relationship with the, yeah. with the, with and the, then being the around, partner. And being around to... Make sure everything is everybody's happy. One hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's that was the key in the success that we had. That you know, I was, you know, gratefully able to learn from you know from Carrie Hart is that you know how you represent a a partner and it's just not a sponsor. It's a partner and build a relationship with them and check in with them and make sure that they're happy and you know just don't you know collect a paycheck and wait to hear from them. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you just communicate. The communication is the key, definitely. Um, do you feel at the end of RCH's deal, you were pushed out a little bit, a little bit? Uh, look, uh, you and Kerry Hart started this thing, basically. Yeah. And he leaned on you heavily for a long time. And you guys built this program into a national championship winning program. We'll get into that a little bit. But near the end, uh, Kerry put his trust in some other people and different things. And you guys maybe grew apart a little bit. Um, did you feel like at times near the end of the deal where you're like, hey, man, like, we know Kyle Bentley did a great job of actually managing the racing efforts and everything. Were there times where you were like, "Man, yeah, like, hey, Hart, remember, remember, remember me?" Uh, yeah, I I did feel that way, but uh, on you yeah, know, I mean, I'm not saying it's a mother f harder. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, not at all, Just, not at all. Um, I I I think you know my my role, um, was always you know to go out and find you know not find but. You know, Carrie always told me if we didn't have sponsors, we don't race. Yeah. So I knew if we didn't have sponsors, I didn't have a job. So I was always out there building relationships and mm-hmm. trying to, to get that done. And uh, um, so at the end of the day, I I was always, you know, out there doing my best to, to make things happen. So um, turn your phone on silent there. You just a little button on the side there. 
Which one? A little button there. You just. So at the end of the day, I, you know, was out there doing that. um, And I did that um, for shoot. Yeah. I, 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 I got them. And when it came down time to get the contract done after they've committed and I never did the contract to either go to an attorney or to the, uh, the agency, um, because these companies are so big, they just couldn't scratch a check to the team. They had to, it had to go through an agency. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, I, I, I wouldn't say I got pushed. I, I didn't get pushed out. My really, my deal was to get the deal and hand it over to people. Yeah. Um, but it was like, once I made their relationship, I didn't really get farther down the road to have them commit. Yeah. But at times were you like saying, Hey heart, like I, I can be used here, man. We can, we can, I can, uh, I can do some more. You know? Yeah, but yeah. for for Carrie's defense, I I was to the point um, in my career where I was I don't know if I was getting bored at it. Right. Um, I really wasn't doing the best of job. Yeah. I would say, and I was, you know, I I was having some personal issues. Put it that way. Okay. And and I wasn't the guy that I was at the beginning because I started to feel like I was getting pushed out and I was like, you yeah. know what? Let, let these guys, hit. I'm not going to yeah, do yeah. their job for them. Right. You know, let's it's like what came first chicken or the egg, right? Like, yeah, like for sure. You, you felt being pushed out, but then they felt like you weren't really active into it. Yeah. You were losing interest. And, and, right. and I was like, Hey, if these guys are so great that are going to do it and let them go get, right. get the deals. And there was guys that came in that were saying, Oh, I got this deal. I've got this deal. I got that deal. This is going to work. That's going to work. And you know, we're going to, you know, I got, I go here for this meeting. I got this going on. Yeah. And for, shoot, I would say for three or four years, it was all lip service and um, no deals were ever brought to the to the plate. Yeah. Um, you had Soaring Eagle Casino for a number of years. Uh, Saquon Casino in Michigan, Soaring Eagle on the West Coast, like down by San Diego. Jimmy John's and Dodge. Which company... Well, no, let's let's talk Dodge and Jimmy John's. Never mind casinos. I want to okay. ask you about casinos in a bit because Brooks also went through with Sam Manuel, you know, mm-hmm. on his team. So we'll, we'll put the casinos aside because that's a separate deal. But out of Jimmy John's and Dodge, like, which company dug it? Which company got it the most, do you think? Got it what, what we were doing as a sport and what you guys were doing as a team? Um, I would say Dodge at the beginning because there was that right person whose name was Brian Vigier. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the marketing, the sports marketing director of Dodge Motorsports. So that means he over he over he was on top of all of marketing for Dodge Sports, okay, NASCAR, motorsports, everything, yeah, everything. Yeah. And he was a motorcycle enthusiast. Okay, and. I was luckily to have a relationship with him through another friend mm-hmm. who was Jason Beam, who was a helmet painter for yeah. of ours. He's from Las Vegas. He paints a ton of helmets, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and what he did was, um, at the time, Dodge was uh, a sponsored Penske. Yep. And he did Kurt, uh, Kurt Busch and Justin Allgaier and a, and a couple yep. of the guys on the Team Penske. And I became really good friends with Jason, and Jason got back into motocross. Um, he still and, paints all the monster helmets, right? No, no, no. He no, no oh, no. I thought he did. No, AP does. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Got it. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he paints some of them, though. Yeah. Okay. So uh, at the end of the day, Jason, it, that's, a fo- that's a whole funny story. I mean, uh, Jason came on as a sponsor, and the first year he came on, um, we had, I, I was designing the, the pitch shirts. Yeah. 
and there was an open spot on the collar. And I said, hey, uh, I'm just going to throw you on the collar. Yeah. Beam but, designs. Yeah. 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 But if we find a big sponsor, I can't put you on there because it's a high profile yeah. logo. Yeah. But I'm putting that on there because I really need you to reach out to the NASCAR world or yeah. other people that you think you that you do and deals you with and yeah. see. And he's right. like, okay. And we show up at the race, and uh, at the time, we had an agency that sponsored us. Mm-hmm. I mean, worked with our team. WMG. And I got the wrath. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You can't put them on there. That's a big logo. Yep. Blah, 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 blah. Who approved that? Blah, 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 blah. You got to get that off there. And I'm like, hey, listen. This is the reason he goes, it doesn't work that way. You just don't do yeah. it like that. You can't. Smash cut to two years later when it worked that way? Uh, or whatever, a year later, whatever it was? Well, yeah. I'm not talking bad about him no, or no, that no, company. But I, no, that, but I'm saying it, it worked it, out. That's what so, you, right. uh, what, uh, call it a year later, yeah. I'm at the office, and I get a call from Jason, yeah. and he's like, hey, uh, where you at? And I'm like, yeah. I'm at the office. He's like, is Carrie there, too? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude, small world. I'm I'm playing golf um, at the uh, Kyle Busch mm-hmm. uh, Foundation charity golf tournament, yep. and I just got paired up with the new VP of marketing for Dodge Motorsports, and his name's Brian Vijay, and he is a motorcycle fanatic. He loves dirt bike racing. He's yeah, a yeah. super cross guy, and he yeah. wants to talk some business. Is carry around? And I said, yeah. And he's like, hold on. You know, so I went yeah, and yeah. got hard on the phone, and that's where it all started, and we had a deal done. Because right. that was in 2010. In 2011, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, just goes to show you. So, so Dodge was, and then as you talked about on the Pulp Show, he he moved or things changed, budgets what changed. Happened, yeah. What happened know? was, um, you know, in in those kind of companies, there's major management shifts. Yeah. And he got moved around. A new a new person came in, and she was a woman, and she was all about you know car racing and this and that. Well, yeah. Dodge lost. You know, Dodge pulled out of NASCAR and. You know, we still did a really bang up job because um, a lot of people want to go back and look on YouTube and stuff. Any Dodge sponsored event, um, if it was a NASCAR, Mm -hmm. uh, pace car, or Dodge commercials, or, you know, Mm -hmm. drifting cars, they all had our graphic scheme on their cars. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it kind of tied together. Um, We were doing like um, a few of the races, we did hotel takeovers where. All the room keys had the Dodge Hart and Huntington uh, graphic on the room key, and we parked cars outside the hotels, all new cars from the local dealer with their emergency flashers yeah. on with Dodge flags yeah. and did really cool stuff, put uh, you know yeah. our bikes in the, the foyer of the hotels, and they really liked that. And uh, they're the ones that really brought us to – we were doing pen and paper registration forever. Okay. And they're the ones that introduced us to the iPads yep. and registration. And um, from right from right then and there, I think that that's when it really turned the corner for right. us. Um, and the Jimmy Johns thing, more so RC connection through Harvick, yeah. right? Harvick's yeah. buddies with Jimmy that Johns. That was JH and, and Ricky's deal, 100%. Yep. They brought it to the, to the thing. 100%. And then, that was their client. JH and Ricky handled it. I would say JH handled it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, and what... Well, with the, the, when Roxon left, they said, no. Oh, nothing to do with that. No, okay. just same thing. Uh, management, management. Yeah. And, and what happened was, as I understand it, um, the owner of Jimmy John's spent 
you know, a lot, I'm talking millions and millions of dollars in NASCAR. Yeah. And, um, as everyone knows, there's big egos involved when you spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. and he had a contract to be on a certain amount of his car was the primary sponsor on, uh, you know, if there's 38 car races, he was supposed to be primary on 28. Well, one of the races he went to was the final, uh, when, uh, or one of the final races in their chase mm-hmm. and Harvick wins and he wasn't on the car and it was an agency that ran, mm-hmm. uh, all the marketing and he lost his mind and fired the agency and all the contracts that the agency had. But if it wasn't one of his races, it wasn't one of his races or but he didn't, to, he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't understand yeah, that, but he, it was supposed to be <laughs> okay. Because I, I right. guess I yeah, don't really yeah, know yeah. all the yeah. ins and outs right. of it, but all contracts were done and we only had a, a year to year. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was so, only yeah. a one yeah. year deal. Right. Um, but uh, w- once again, we did act great activations with them. We did a deal with Feld that um, I think there was three races that every um, Jimmy Johns passed out like 25,000 six-inch subs after the races where they had people um, they had people yeah. at the exits when they left yeah. and handing them sandwiches. And uh-huh. they would eat them, and then even if they threw the wrappers, they had a cleanup crew go around the whole stadium and pick up, you know, tomatoes, yeah, yeah, papers, was, yeah. and they were super stoked on it. So it was, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it's management change. That's yeah. what happens. Yeah. Um, and casinos, you had a couple of casino, different casinos, and it was very bizarre to have two casinos in one time, but yeah. one was east, one was west. You guys pulled it off. Uh, Sequan, and again, like, it's funny, like, the, the Jimmy John's, Jimmy Johns didn't just say, hey, I love supercars. I want to get involved. It was yeah. through Ricky and Harvick. Yeah. And, and once again, and it was through a relationship. Bean br- brought Brian in and, and, you know, he loved motocross yep. anyways. And I think about Mike Genova, who just got Bullfrog Spas, and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I sell with these guys. I work with these guys. Yeah. It's like everything we do on our sport is a connection. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the, the Saquon Casino, because correct me if I'm wrong, was sort of a Kyle Partridge deal in the very beginning, right? Kyle was... Sort of uh, yeah, it a had bit. it had a lot a lot to do with Kyle. Right. Okay. So it had a so, lot to do. So with that Kyle. was the end right there, you know. And I don't really know how Sam Manuel worked for Brooks back in the day, but I imagine there was some sort of, you know, connection there. And I just wonder, Kenny, like where? And all I hear about is that Feld puts out these TV ratings, and Luke, and, and the MX Sports people put out these things, and they have these decks of how great the sport is. And it is. I love it. You love it. It's all we know. Yep. Um, and I just keep seeing all these record numbers on FS1 and Fox and blah, blah, blah. We were on we were on the X Games for a while. They were doing Supercross and X Games, and it was killing it. These are the ratings. I just want, Watson, I just want someone at Taco Bell or Verizon or Burger King. I'm hungry, so that's why I'm naming food. I just want someone there to be like, you know what? Okay, the demos are good. We know that, Kenny. The demos for our sport are really good. Yep. Younger. They got money. Um, we know it's an athletic crowd that races these things, the dirt yep. bikes, and the, the athletes are good. Not all great, but they're good people, you know what I mean? Um, and the TV ratings are what they are, and they're blowing up, and the growth is this. You know, they can easily find that out. I just want one of those companies, Watson, with no connections to be like, that's a sport we want to be involved in. That's all I want. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> but let's go back to what, what our sport really is. 
there's still these people that are bean counters and guys that really don't know when you say motorcycle racing yeah. you say motorcycles yeah. what's the first thing that comes to you? a uh, guy's mind hell's that, angels i think right exactly or do you, do you agree do you or agree? Yeah, yeah or or it's you know travis pastrana Freestyle. you know they go oh okay, yeah right. that's uh, like you the know what travis. you're right i've gotten a lot over the years of oh is that like pastrana with the tricks exactly I've gotten a lot of that yeah and they don't see unless you unless you can really present a, a good package for them the the and I, I think a lot of people are how do I how do I put this? A lot of people do not if they can get in, they don't go in there with the right package to show them You mean in our uh, teams and teams. Yeah, yeah. Like or or an agent if they're gonna try to go represent one rider. Let's say, you know, Eli Tomac's guy who whoever that is, yeah, uh goes in and says, Hey, he wants to do a PSA for Eli what is he going to get from Eli Tomac but a logo on his jersey? But, you like, know? yeah, no. Like, okay, I, I'm not picking on WMG here, but they're the biggest agency in our sport. And they have, for people who don't know, Wasserman Media Group represent Major League Baseball players, NBA players. I mean, they yep. are huge. Yep. And they have rep- represent Ken Roxon, Chad Reed for a while. Not, not anymore. But so they have a few clients. Uh, um, they have know, a- Jeremy Martin. Um, yeah. Anyways, filthy Phil Nicoletti. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Mart. But okay, so like, and again, I'm not bagging on WMG. I'm just saying because they're so huge and they have so many connections. Where's the dollars coming in from? Like WMG can't even seem to bring dollars in, and it frustrates me. It's hard though, Steve. Like I just said, it's I, I, not. It's our the our sport. The sport is super. Our cross- sport. Our sport. I, I did. <laughs> I that's know, my I biggest pet peeve. I know. Ever. I, I, ever. That's why I said that. ever. Yeah, right. But um, like, okay, so don't don't you agree, Watson? And you've been involved in these meetings more so than I have. That seven hundred thousand dollars, which is peanuts for one of these big companies we're talking about, could get you an ROI almost like no other sport. But that's the problem. These people are going in and not showing them. They're just saying you're going to get this logo here, that logo here. Yep. They're not going in showing an activation. You don't think you, they are? No, no, okay. no. They're not because. They don't like because the, in 2018, that's what you got to do. The big teams don't give a shit. The, I'm talking the OEMs. The, yeah, they yeah. don't care. The little teams, yeah, but these guys go back and they do their homework and they, you know, the no companies. disrespect to a team like, uh, you know, Rock River Yamaha. You know, they if if Christina went in and said, hey, I I, I want to do this and we're going to do this activation mm-hmm. and do this, yep. they're going to go back and look at results and see their names and go. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. but they're going to go back and see these. Well, well, well who are these guys? Uh-huh. And then they're going to be with Cowie or some of them. And but it doesn't work that way. You have to go in and, you know, like I said on the Pulp Show, you don't need to have a championship rider. If you could go into mm-hmm. a company and prove to them and show to them how you could give them a return and drive business to their you need a top 10 rider or no. It doesn't matter. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. I mean, we at Hart and Huntington at the time, you know, we had, you know, Ivan Tedesco, Josh Hansen, Kyle Partridge, Bonnie. And, you know, yeah. even before Bonnie, I'm talking oh, okay. about when we started to do the activation strong okay. in 2011, um, you know, and Josh Hill. I mean, those guys were decent names. Yeah, they're top 10 in the main. They were top that, 10 yeah. guys, yeah. but they weren't on the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. We were strong activation. Mm-hmm. We were we were strong that first year. Yep. 
we grew and got better the following years when we brought in the simulator. We brought in, you know, we were doing all different kinds of stuff, you know, and, you know, we did the, the dyno yeah. bike, you know, we were interacting with the fan, you know, more than probably any team probably has. Yeah, or yeah you guys did a good job. To this date. Mm-hmm. Um, and p- some of the other teams at the time were calling us a circus, a sideshow. Look at those guys. What are they doing? You know, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we were raising, you know, millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Millions of dollars. And that's what the key was. And, you know, and our goal was when we were talking to these guys is since you guys are paying us that much, they wanted to win. We had to tell them we need that kind of money to build a team, to build an organization. And I had to tell these guys at Dodge it. It's like you guys have Penske, the top notch team, and they have the resources of bettering the drivers with making the cars better, hiring engineers to do that. Well, we don't have that, so we need money to hire these people to make it better. So that's what we did. We built off of that um, when we got the factory support, and we did that. And that's what they said, okay, now it's time to win. I just – I hate to be pessimistic, but I just sit here and I go, I love this sport, everybody, but show me – yeah, this, I agree. Show me where this thing is taking off. We got teams coming in, but teams are leaving. We got sponsors coming in that are all bro deals, yep. which is fine. That's how a lot of life is done. But we don't have anybody just knocking on our door. And David Evans, certainly the marketing power of JGR and all they have on the NASCAR side and Joe Gibbs himself and Coy, they are a professional-run, multi-million-dollar organization. And they can't get – they have meetings with these people, I've been told. And no one is, like, putting their hand up at this demo and at this price point, at these TV ratings, at this level of sport. And and I hate to be pessimistic, but I'm always like, God, like – Well, you got to remember you know, what we're dealing with still. And even, yeah. even though the sport has grown – it has. It's still just dirt bike racing. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still just dirt right. bike racing. Um, and it's, it's you know, you could you can't see a 16-year-old kid walking into a, a, you know, into a dealership and buying a NASCAR. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you could see a kid walking into a dirt bike shop and buying a motorcycle and, and go race it right. and, and ride. Yeah. Go, you know, there's not too many places where a kid can go to a, a track and take his car out and drive with, you know, Kevin Harvick, yeah, yeah, no, you know what I sure. mean? But he could go um, to a track and ride with, you know, yep. the best riders. Um, so how much, and there probably isn't anybody in the pits that has battled with promoters like you going back to 1997. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody. I've I, always, I, I don't think there's one person in the pits that has caused the promoters more grief when it comes to sponsor stuff than you. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, it totally is, but... <laughs> okay, so wait, wait. So so knowing that, and knowing that you're friends with all these people still, like it's mm-hmm. not like you're some sort of arch enemy of these people or, yeah. or the, them of you. Do the promoters, Feld slash MX Sports, could they be better? Um, some of the issues we're having, those kind of I, serious I, sponsors. I, they know so. They know they can be too. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be better unless it's brought to their attention. Mm-hmm. They uh, they will take much as they can until they're backed up against the wall from the teams yep. and the OEMs. Yeah, because they're saying, "Why should we change if you know we're profiting we're, we're and we're prof- making yeah. money?" Yeah. And if if these people aren't smart enough to see it, that's their problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, but getting back to that, 
you know, I've did, I have had a lot of conversations with the promoters and they've came to me mm-hmm. into my truck at, you know, events very upset with me. Oh, yes. Oh, very. I mean, like, this goes back to 1997. Oh, to me being handcuffed <laughs> in a car saying you're getting right. arrested for trespassing right. because you're doing what you're not supposed to yes. and you told you to stop. Right. And I am the type of person that I stand behind what I believe in uh-huh. and I'll go to any length to get it done, even if it's to get arrested. Yeah. Until I get handcuffed and yeah. I feel, realize I go into jail, then I then I you're like shit. This might really happen. And then I say, oh, you know, right. you know, if um, it started with Roy Jansen at the AMA, mm-hmm. you know, Duke Finch to Duke to the to then when Phil took over from you know Gendro, Todd Gendro to Prater. Dave Prater to Mike Huey, but Davey, the, Bobby Davey, no, not, John Ayers, no, not no, not Davey. It was Carrie, uh, Carrie, yeah. Carrie Joe. Yeah. She she. Got on me, and this is people. I want people to understand that um, Toyota is the official series sponsor truck uh, of the Supercar Series, and they told Kenny Watson he could not have a Dodge truck on the premises because Toyota was the sponsor. And so Kenny Watson here put the Dodge truck on the lift of the semi and lifted it up six inches off the ground and, and it, said, "It was. It is not on, on your property. It's on the truck." <laughs> <laughs> and they they were and there's nothing they could do, and they were just scratching their head, and right. they came back to me saying. You we know, own the air. We own the air around your truck. <laughs> yeah, they weren't. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't, they weren't, They. it wasn't them. It was Toyota came to them. Yeah, no, of course. Because it's Toyota, that. Yeah, yeah. we were doing such a bang up job at that time. Mm-hmm. And no disrespect to the company that Toyota was using for activation and marketing. But we were doing such a good job. I think we were a threat mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. And Dodge was like, man, we got in this footprint and we're we're going yeah. in there. But at that time, I was like, this is awesome that and, – and they were stoked because – Who's they? Feld. Feld, okay. There was other OEMs getting involved in, in, you know, yeah. in the automobile world that were coming yeah. into Supercross. And I was like, hey, you guys – you go to a NASCAR race, they just don't have one brand of a car if it's a Chevy. Yeah. You go out to the Midway, and they got every manufacturer out there doing stuff. They just don't handcuff it like yeah. you guys. So, and I don't understand why you guys do that. So would you say part of the problem we have is we need these promoters to loosen up a little bit with that stuff? Uh, yeah, but this is what the problem is. Okay. And uh, Feld... Uh, we'll t- we'll go back to uh, their business model. They mm-hmm. have a sales division, yeah, and they really don't communicate that real good with the with the people that are at the races every week. Mm-hmm. They do a contract and don't really say, "Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. Do you have any guidelines that we need to go by?" Yeah. And they say, "Hey, you're going to own the paddock. You're going to do this. There are going to be no other OEMs. Blah blah blah. GoPro cameras." Yeah, exactly. Yep. And they and they go back and they, you know, they get the contract done and then they hand it over and then the fact that they agreed to a GoPro contract and a rider could not have a personal camera sponsor on their helmet that wasn't you tell a that GoPro story? is an absolute joke. And and I and, and and I thought, you know, I just I just cannot believe that you know that they would agree to a contract, both uh, MX Sports and 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 yeah, folks that at was, I cannot believe they would agree to that. Like, I mean, we had a deal with. Why a would you hurt another? How would you hurt these teams? Um, have GoPro banners and have lots of teams using GoPros, no problem. But if a team happens to get another POV camera, let we them. We had do a it. we had a contract. I'll just tell you this story real quick. We had a contract with uh, a camera company called Contour, mm-hmm. um, and it was uh, a couple hundred thousand dollar deal. And um, 
it was pretty lucrative. They were stoked. They, they were getting content from us during the week, and we were doing, mm-hmm. you know, some stuff for them. And, uh, you know, it, part of their deal was to have the camera on the helmets when during the race. And we weren't using the footage from the camera, yeah. have you? Yeah. Um, because that was part of their rule. Um, and they, they approved it. Feld said oh, it was okay. And uh, then we got there, and GoPro flipped out. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. So Feld's like, hey, man, you know, it's one of those deals where, it, you know, it kind of went through the cracks and they didn't know because the sales, sales department, department yeah. sold it. That's that's the excuse they use. Yeah. That's what they say. Once again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, uh, that they will they will take as much as you give them. Yeah. So I said, OK, no problem. We won't run it this week. I called the guys at Contour, told them what the deal. I said, I got an idea. I said, let's make a foam camera that makes it'll look identical to the camera, but it won't even be a camera. It'll just be like a shell of the camera. Mm-hmm. And they're like, all right. So they got it done like super quick. And a couple of weeks later, we had it on our guys. And I seen all the GoPro guys freaking out. So right before Ivan went out, I reached over and I pretend like I pushed the button on the camera. Yeah, yeah. And they freaked out. And then he pulls in after practice, and one of the uh, Feld officials come. He's riding through the tunnel, and they stop him and they rip the camera off of him, and it was like a sponge. And the guy looked at it. He's all, I just, I don't know why you would agree to that. I get the GoPro's official uh, series sponsor, but I just told you that yeah, this—that's the just, reason yeah, why they, I, they I, don't know because. But this is the stuff that hurts our sport. In the yeah, end. but if, if you're a sales guy, you don't give a shit. No, you're I just know, trying but, to reach your well, quota. Then, then, then the operations staff needs to be like, "Hey, guys, this is what we're doing. Here's a new rule." Yeah, GoPro but, banners everywhere. GoPros on riders' heads that have deals, but we need to allow these teams to have other contracts with other with other yeah. gear. It's like saying, "Listen, no one can use anything but a pro circuit exhaust." Like yeah. what? What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, I mean, you're going back to the, the growth of the sport. Yeah, Feld has done a, a great job to get us over that hurdle to make it to where it is. But they have high cost. They spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they, I, I, I mean, I don't think anyone really knows how much money they do make. Everyone's like, oh, they sold the stadium out. They did this. They yeah, did that. Who knows? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't know what their costs are. You don't know how much money they're making per event. No. Everyone's like, well, take a dollar off every ticket and put it back into the purse. Well, there's a lot more to, to you know, just because they sell a ticket for 45 yeah. bucks doesn't mean they get 45 bucks. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. So, They've done a great job uh, with the sport overall. I do feel that they could be lenient on these so many things with these to help the teams and riders out. Yeah, that, I, that I think it's show. just like anything else in business. It, it can always be better. Yeah, I mean, look, I have this little pulp thing going, but I have FMF as a sponsor on the show and Pro Circuit is on my post-race podcast. Yeah. You know, I have FXR on a privateer show and I have Fly on the other stuff. I, I, you know, sometimes these, sometimes some of these things ruffle some feathers. I'm like, look, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, uh, the, the pulp show is sponsored by Vortex and, but Parabinos comes in and hosts and we talk about pro taper yeah. and Vortex ever said, Hey, Mathis, screw you. You can't do that. I would be, here's your money back because Paul is a factory mechanic that won national championships and knows a lot about the sport and is a great guest. And that's how I roll and on a much, much, much smaller level. Yeah. And that's how I'd like to see other things go. Steve, you know what? Um, saying that you're 100% correct. You're 100% correct. Um, but 
like you said, you're a little, in, you're a little, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, would yeah. say, you're a little piece of the pie. Oh, not even, yeah, small. Yeah, you're a um, sliver of the pie in that in that world. But at the end of the day, you're right. You're yeah, totally I right. Just, that's and how you know, I see things. No, no Let's bashing, fell. No bashing anyone. The, getting back to the promoter thing, I've had a lot of issues with a lot of promoters. <laughs> yes, but at the have. end of the day. <laughs> They scratched their head, and after we talk about it, they said, "Damn, man, I wish I had guys that worked for me that had the passion you do for what yeah. for for the company you work um, for." If if Hart doesn't say to you, "Hey, I'm tired of just making the main. I'm tired of just hiring these, you know, five to ten place guys. We need to take this to another level." If he doesn't say that to you, is there still a eight R and R? Is there still a Hart and Honey thing today? If Ricky never gets involved, if Suzuki doesn't get involved, you don't yeah, hire all I, these people. He told me if I wanted to keep doing this, and you know, he the he one would, level you were at, or or even taking it down to a smaller level. Yeah, um, you know, long as it paid for itself, he didn't have a problem with it. Um, it was just hard for for him and myself. Um, and have you know this that? I mean, at this time, I was doing it for a good 15 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never was at that level of really winning consistently and being in the mix consistently. You know, I've been with riders, you know, throughout the you know, the, 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 the length of Hart Huntington up till then when we won top privateer. Mm-hmm. Our best finish yeah. up until that was fourth place with Chris Blows. Right. I mean, it was never really at that level. And... I didn't know really what it was like to be that to that level. Um, and I didn't really know. But at the end of the day, I couldn't just say, you know, I knew that that was my livelihood and my job. And, you know. So, you, so Hart said, let's do this. You're, you're, you're doing it. You're going with him. You're going along with it. Well, let's it didn't it. really work that way. Ricky came to me. And he wanted to do it. And Hart, you know, of course, knew Ricky. Ricky knew Hart. But they didn't really have that tight relationship where Ricky was just going to hit up Hart and say that. Ricky came to me. And said, hey, what he told me what he wanted to do. And he said, can you talk to Hart about it and see? And when I talked to Hart about it, he, he was like, hell yeah, let's, let's go yeah. for it. Because Ricky you know, came with the, with the Suzuki. With Suzuki. Factory. Yeah, the factory and he, he didn't say, I can do this for sure. He goes, yeah. I can go to them. But at that time, his contract was up with Suzuki. And th- there was an opportunity with other OEMs. Um, um, how much, looking back on it, you know, RC had big, great backing in Japan. Those guys love him. He delivered. He turned their fortunes around. They weren't winning a lot until mm-hmm. he went there, and uh, and he won everything, of course, except for I think one series. And uh, um, but they had Yoshimura Suzuki. Yep. With Stu. Yep. And Baggett and and Metcalf and all that. Um, looking back on it, how much of a of a of a uh, distraction was that, or how much do you almost wish you would have went to another OEM? Um, because there was a lot of competition, Yoshimir and Suzuki guys got their backs up a little bit. Because here comes, you know, someone at Yoshimir Suzuki told me one time, "There's our budget," and he pointed to your truck, like, "There's our budget." So there was infighting among Suzuki for what you guys showed up with. And again, it make, it's weird, but there was over the years there's Geico Geico friction versus factory Honda friction too over the years, like. Uh, there was Chaparral Yamaha f- friction versus factory Yamaha friction. It's very weird dynamic, but it happens in our sport. So it's not like it's anything brand new. But looking back on it, should you maybe have gone with another OEM? Uh, there was the opportunities. Um, there was opportunity, but there at at the time where we could have went to a different OEM, um, we would have had to work out of their shop. 
it was kind of far. Same. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of our guys didn't want to do it. We talked to a couple internal people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a kind of a 50, 50 thing. Some people didn't want to, yep. um, and then it, it came back down to, you know, myself, Ricky and Carrie talking about it. And, uh, we leaned on the Suzuki bandwagon and that's where we ended up staying. Yeah. Um, but there was opportunities. Yes, there was. Yeah. Well, should you have done them? Um, looking back at it now, um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit, right? I think so. Um, um, just because, um, no disrespect to Suzuki, they were awesome what they did for us. Um, but uh, the first first couple years, there was really no uh, financial support. Mm-hmm. It was always just bikes and parts. Yeah. Um, and uh, that we we really didn't need their support then. Yeah, yeah. Um, you we need were, money. <laughs> we were well funded <laughs> yeah. and. Suzuki, I mean, we could pretty much carried the flag. Oh, okay. I'm saying, yeah, you did. Yeah, we money, we right. weighed the flag for them. We were, you know, we were on the box. Um, we were strong. Um, you know, James was doing what his deal. Um, and uh, towards the end, uh, the last season when we were really struggling to to get sponsors, um, Suzuki stepped up. Yeah, and well, yeah, they, they paid board, us. Right? The Marine they, Division. They, yeah, they yeah. they they helped us out tremendously and got us to where we're at. And you know, they said, you know, hey, you know, we're going to do this, but we can't continue to do this year after year. Yeah. So uh, you guys need to what? get get back and get some sponsors. When did you know it was over? Well, like we knew when, it was like, over at the beginning of seventeen. If we didn't oh, you, get sponsors, okay, okay, but the beginning so, of yeah seventeen, but. Okay, if you didn't get sponsors, when was it? Like we're not getting sponsors, we are done. Well, it was to the it was. I mean, it, were you still it talking? It went all the way. It went. Oh, it, all, it went all the way to the to the okay. you know the to the to, to the deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were hustling and working, and we were yeah. even out. Was that you know, a month with, before the end of the year? Is it July, June, something like that? I was uh, officially like where you guys. I, I would like, say it was around. September maybe oh, or okay. uh, August okay. where we, you know, there was an opportunity. We were working with a pretty big potential partner yep. where we even, they came out. We even had a, a guy that we were going to bring on, ride the bike in front of him. He oh, was, was on, part of the deal or whatever. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it was on the new, uh, the new updated 17 bike. Uh-huh. And uh, for whatever reason, um, yeah, they, they decided not to do it. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I always felt, I felt like, and again, this is just from the outside looking in, of course, I know a bunch of you people on the team and, and, and everything else. I always felt like, like you guys signed Ken Roxon mm-hmm. and that's awesome because he can win titles and he did win one. But you know, that first year his dad writes that article about the team and the suspension and there's a lot of issues and, and he's not winning as much as he should or could or what he thinks he could. And there, honestly, when you walk by your pits, you guys had 15 people standing around in shirts, you know, and and, and now there was – it It looked like it lost some fun for a lot of people on the team. Oh. Like you guys went from you and Hart and 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 Tedesco and Berlut and, you know, a good effort. And Roxon pressure, Roxon dollars – Tons of people, frustration, and there went the fun. Well, I I would say at any championship level rider, mm-hmm. 
that's the way it is around a truck anyways. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not all bells and whistles and, you know, yep. balloons and birthday cakes. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like we're, we're here to win. Yeah. And if we're not winning, we're not happy. Um, you know, and I'll take it back to Kyle Bentley. Yep. Um, when the whole thing switched from, I, I was the team manager up until we went to Suzuki. Yep. And I was me, myself, uh, Kerry Hart. Were you Rick, fine with stepping back? Well, this is what happened. Uh, we brought on Mark Johnson to kind of be, uh, uh, to take crew over, chief-ish? no, not oh, crew okay. chief. To oversee all of, you know, Carrie um, and myself were in charge of all of sponsorship, marketing, activation, yep. and Mark Johnson and Ricky were in charge of all of, you know, yeah. the bike stuff yep. on the technical side. And uh, we knew that we had some decent staff, and we need to better our staff. So we brought Mark in to interview guys that he knew. And he to, comes from an indie car background. Well, first moto, but then indie yeah, car background. So he so, knew, yeah. you know, some really good engineers from we brought in a guy from the car world that was our ECU guy that worked for, you know, did some stuff for IndyCar, did mm-hmm, some yeah, stuff yeah. for and he was awesome. Matter of fact, this guy was so good with the ECUs that the Japanese guys wanted to send him to Japan to help them. Okay. And um so Mark came in and they did that on the technical side and they sat down with me and, you know, they were like, Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to be the team manager? If you think you're a team manager now, but you're really not, Yeah, you're going to have to learn. And, and, and you were fine with that, right? And I was like, Hey, you're yeah. right. I don't yeah. know. And at this point I was running the team for seven years, eight years. And I was running it like a privateer. Yeah guy yeah ordering parts booking flights doing this making sure the guys need what they had to do ordering gear because yeah. we had a team deal doing all that and i you know i say to this time if you're a privateer mechanic and you really are good you could be a team manager yeah. for a privateer team because yeah. that's all it is yeah you're just it's just bigger it's looking ahead and it's booking things so i was like things, yeah. man that's a lot of stress it's a lot more you know and i said there's no way and i knew in my heart that at that time, that if I didn't focus on bringing in money, that the, it wasn't going to happen. Right. So I said, you know what? Kyle and I did it together, and I knew Kyle was really, really good and just needed to go to that next level. And with Mark teaching Kyle some stuff that Kyle could learn, mm-hmm. and uh, I brought up Kyle's name. I said, you know what? I, I, don't think I, I don't think I would be the best guy for this job. And it was really hard for me to say, yeah, because I I had to turn everything over to Kyle, and I didn't have free run where someone would say, hey, like one of my buddies would call and said, hey, can you hook me up with a couple of air filters? Yeah, I just couldn't go and say, yeah, no problem. I had to go to Kyle out of respect for Kyle because he yeah. inventoried the air filters. Yeah, he Kyle knew every nut, bolt, tire, everything yeah. that was ours at the shop. Right. And I didn't want to overstep my boundaries, yeah, yeah. so I had to go to Kyle. And sometimes me and Kyle would butt heads because yeah. I would go, dude, really? Like, and, and my ego would get in the way. And I would say, dude, I started this. Like, dude, you know? Yeah. And, and he would just get, you know what, fine, fuck you. Go do what you got to do then. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it really, for a while, it really affected Kyle's and I relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, but once again, I had to put my ego to the side and respect Kyle for what he did and 
you know, getting back to that whole Roxon thing, and you know, Kyle brought that winning mentality. If you know Kyle Bentley, yeah, he's in, he yeah. he does not like to lose, and you know, if you know, even a guy like Brock Tickle, if he got on the box, Kyle would be happy, but he would expect him that, hey man, you're good enough to be on the box to get third. You should be good enough to get second, and yep. he didn't care. So saying that, Kyle was the driving force behind it, and he was, you know, his hands were kind of handcuffed for a little bit yep. with Mark, but the second year he had a lot more. Mark kind of took a step back and yep. let Kyle said, all right, you got the yep. ball, run with it, and Kyle built a, a really good relationship with Ken. Yeah. And really good relationship with Bogle, really good relationship with Tickle, and they respected him tremendously. Yep. And Kyle was that guy, like, whatever they wanted, they got. Yep. Whatever they needed, he would do for them. Yep. And that's when our team really took off. Um, and, you know, Ken won that championship. Um, but when, when, when that first year, were you like going, oh, man, this isn't working out? Ken's dad writes that column. Ken's frustrated. Well, the thing on Ken's dad, I was really cool that he never mentioned my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I was really good. I was like, yeah, I, that's cool with me. Yeah, screw though. You guys are idiots, man. Did you hear what he said about you? Yeah, but at the end of the day, I I, I really think that right. that brought us together more as a oh, team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, you know bit, what? Yeah. There's a little bit of truth to what he's saying. Right. There is a little bit of truth. Yep. And, you know, and on, on Mark's defense where he was kind of right he's like hey you know what this guy is an employee of ours we're not going to go bring in a different guy a suspension guy that he wants to use because he doesn't think he goes we pay mark was old school kenny was new school for sure yeah but we paid our staff and we paid all this stuff and didn't give those guys a chance Mm -hmm. you know really because in supercross you know everything was great Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever happened, you know, with suspension right. and, you know, they figured it out and right. they got it going. Right. And, uh, you know, the second year was a lot better. Right. And, you know, Ken, um, you know. Yeah, you I, guys won a national championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we 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 tried some super high tech stuff at the time and we kind of had a, a little issue at one of the races at Glen Helen where yep. the forks jacked up. Yep. And uh, but at at the end of the day, um, our our relationship with Ken Roxon with the team, um it, it's a legacy. Right. I, I really believe that it really, you know, we were the only um, outside supported program at the time to ever win a national championship uh, at that level of outdoor championship. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a, uh, like a, um, yeah, a, a non OEM. So yeah. yeah, just a supported OEM. Um, yeah. Interesting. Kenny Watson here on the fly racing racer X podcast presented by Alpine stars and Maxis. Uh, thanks to those guys for coming on board. Listen to this commercial uh, from the folks at uh, Race Tech. Use the code PulpMX18 to save. And we'll be right back after this to uh, to wrap this thing up and uh, tell some more stories. All right. Race Tech suspension and engines, people. PulpMX18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Race Tech specializing in high performance suspension, parts, service, and setups. Modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Race Tech. Guys like the HEP Suzuki team and many more in the pits use Race Tech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, racetech.com. Do it. 
Texas tires. From your bike to your truck and almost everything with wheels in between, Maxxis tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. And we're back. Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing. The 2019 gear is out, Watson, for Fly Racing. It is. Have you seen their new gear? Yeah. Fantastic. Dude, I, I'm giving it up. I, like, I was on the show last night, and I was talking to JT, man. That fly gear has come a it's long way. Best gear out there, bro. Oh, de- <laughs> uh, probably uh, that or that or the other one that starts with an F. Uh, the three letter F yeah. company it has um, an animal head. Right. Um, thanks to uh, Maxis and Alpine Stars as well for coming on board. Um, all right, Watson. Um, I was going to ask you about casinos, but forget it. We'll just move on from that. Um, Moto Triple X days, Plano Honda. Uh, you're a kid from Simi Valley who got into the sport. Started with Kyle Lewis, so, uh, Somo, right? You had a not Somo. Uh, who am I missing? Crum. Crum. Ray Crum. Yeah, Ray Somo, Ray Crum. Uh, and so you got in the sport that way and, uh, and you know, progressed into it more and worked for Sheik and Brian Deegan, Atomic 22 and all that. Um, so certainly done a lot, of, a lot of things. But from your Moto Triple X days where you were basically started the team, although I heard Jordan started it, but really I heard, it's you. Um, uh, from Plano to RCH in 2016, what – What's the biggest difference between running those programs? And maybe not you weren't running RCH as we've just detailed, but whatever. At some point, you were running the team. Uh, um, the biggest difference between Triple X, Plano, RCH, now and then, and the biggest, and when what stays the same, and what's the same no matter what, no matter if you're out of a box van with Swink and Deegan, or you're running RCH multi million dollar deal. Biggest differences. In, in which category? Anything you want. Whatever comes to mind. Um, well, back back then when mm-hmm. the Triple X thing was going on, I was you know a lot younger, and I didn't, really didn't look at it as a career. I just uh-huh. looked at it as this is something I'm doing, and it was fun. Um, you know, even going back to, you know, we're talking, you know, when I worked for Brian yeah. in 95 – you know, it was just Brian and I on the road having a lot of fun, going to the races on the weekend and staying back at people's houses on the East Coast mm-hmm. and just doing, you know, I, I just remember, you know, in 95, Brian used to have a handheld camera and we would just go do skits right, and do stupid crap. And, you know, Brian would... I wish that camera with a film still existed. Uh, I, I, I would love to... <laughs> I'm sure he has it somewhere because that guy keeps everything. But... uh it was, I never really projected, you know, where, I, where it was going to be, yeah. you know, 20 years later. If, if you look back at, uh, okay, so in 95, 96, McGrath and Lampson and Pac-3 Honda were the peak of the sport. Mm-hmm. And, and you guys were the peak of the sport with Ken Roxon. And so never mind your level with Deegan or, or the Triple X guys. Just look at the peak to peak levels. God, it was way more relaxed back then. Oh, yeah. Like... Those guys just showed up. They hung out. It's like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people signed some autographs back then. Um, you would go to the track on Friday. You'd have a practice day at the track on Friday. Yeah. Um, all the teams would be there. All the riders would be there. Saturday was downtime for the riders. Yep. 
They had nothing to do. So this is nationals, of course. Yeah. 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 So they would all get together, you know, golf, basketball, basketball, golf, you know, go to a lake, go find local girls in town, whatever. Um, The mechanics, we didn't have that because we we had to ride on Friday. And then we on Saturday, we would, you know, Wash it. We would, prep you know, it. we would wash after. Then we would have to prep the bike. If you had a 125, you had to, you know, put a new piston and ring in it. You had to go through your bike. Then you had to go to have you. You'd be at a hotel parking lot, um, you know, yeah. working on your bike. And then you'd have to load everything up and drive to another hotel, unload your bike, push it through tech. Um, the tire guys would be there. Get your tires, mm-hmm. mount your tires, load everything back up, go to the grocery store. You know, yeah. wash your box fan, and by that time, eat dinner, and by that time, you had to get in bed because you didn't have arranged parking. It was first come, first serve. Yeah. So you would line up at the gate at 4 or 5 in the morning to get a good spot. Mm-hmm. And I remember we would be all lined up and would be on our CBs talking. Yeah. You know? Yep. And uh, – yeah. It was just it was just a good time and I think like even if you could if you ask the riders, I I think there was so much less pressure on them. You know, like you asked, you know, Jeremy or yeah. Emic or any of those dudes. Yeah, they had they had, you know, champion they wanted to win and stuff like that, but there really wasn't that pressure that that there is now and I wouldn't say the professionalism that there is now. Yeah. Um there isn't it's big that, business now. There isn't. There wasn't that many big sponsors that you know. It was all industry stuff, yeah. and the industry stuff. It wasn't as demanding. Yeah. And it wasn't. You yeah. Know, you think of, when you touch down, if you're Ken Roxon and you touch down Friday, everything's scheduled for you. You're Friday oh, yeah. night dealer. When you're eating dinner, you're going to bed. You're getting up. Riders meeting. Uh, practice. 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 Uh, sign for fans. Uh, grab a nap uh, and race at seven o'clock or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it's. It's so much different now because back then there was no Instagram, there was no Twitter, yeah. there was none of that stuff, and those guys got into mischief and the world didn't know about it, yeah. and they got away. A lot so, of a lot of the guys got away with more than you know. Yeah. Uh, so the biggest difference would be that would be the seriousness of the sport. I would say the professionalism yeah. of the sport yeah. um, and the camaraderie of you know you would see guys. Is the biggest difference. Yeah. Yeah, you would yeah. see a guy. Sitting on, you know, like you, you had the, I call them the Rat Pack. You had Buddy Antonez, Jeff Emick, Phil Lawrence, Danny. Denny Stevenson, Chicken, you know, Ryan Hughes. Tishner. RT. All those guys were so red dog. We're all such good friends that they would be sitting on each other's bumpers after yeah. the motos talking about the races and, you know. Right. And it, it, what, you don't see that. No, no. You don't see another no. rider going in, you know what I, I mean? I mean, dude, in the case of like, I know from people who have been teammates with Dungey. They never even saw him, anyways. Yeah, they were teammates with him, and he was just in his motorhome to the bike, yeah, to the motorhome and back. Like, I'm, I asked one time Metcalf, I'm like, "Hey, is Dunch help you?" He's like, "I don't see the guy." He wasn't, a, it wasn't a crack on him. It wasn't a negative no. thing. He's just like, "I don't see the guy." That's just a perfect. And they're teammates. Where the sport is, <laughs> yeah. like Dunge. I mean, Ryan was there to win titles. Yep, he was yeah, there to win. Yeah, you know, and going, and I don't mean to jump around, but when, when you want to go back to the sponsorship thing, yep, you know, everyone was like. Well, Dungey brought our sport to another level with being on the Wheaties box and being sponsored by Target. Well, Target didn't come to him. Wheaties Wheaties didn't come to him. The reason why he got those deals done, I might be wrong on the Wheaties, but 
His mom was an employee. The target thing is his mom. Yeah, his yeah. mom hooked that and up. And Wheaties. Wheaties was an IMG thing, his agency, I believe. But yeah. Wheaties uh, Target is a huge, you know, yep. huge deal for yep. Wheaties yep. and, you know, Kellogg's. Yep. You know, um, they buy a lot of the products. So yep. it no, was, it, uh, yeah, again, that goes back to me just saying, hey, guys, I remember, I remember an agent telling me that the fucking X Games was all we needed and you watch. You watch that audience watching a Supercross, and you watch our sport. You watch Jay Leno. I heard this with Jay Leno. James and Chad are on Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmel, and you watch. Yeah. And I just keep sitting here. Are you waiting still? I'm still waiting, Watson. Yeah, um, yeah it's but, all right. The sport's come a long no, way. No, no, it has. And who just, knows where it's going to go. Uh, what was... We just got a tweet about your performance at the, on the show last night. Yeah. He said, listening to Kenny yell at JT made my day. <laughs> um, what was the funnest time of your life? Not life, career. Funnest time of your... your As your, my career in, in this. In moto. What was the funnest time? Man. You've had I'll, a few. I, so. I, I would have to say, like, um, you know, when I work with Brian in 95 and again in 97, um, we had a really good time. Even the lows... When we didn't do good, and well, you, know, you and Deegan were fighting in '98 a lot, right? Yeah, well, yep. he, yeah, well, that was that was a lot of mm-hmm. you know because of the bike, and no, he yeah, was yeah. doing he did really good the year before, and then we were on a, a bike that was underpowered, and he was pissed, and yeah, but I'm but, just saying, like, but saying yeah. before that, before '98, I would say '95, '96, and '97 were the funnest years of my life because there was zero, no matter what, even if we did bad yep. and people were mad, and there was. It just blew. I just blew it off, and yeah. I was always happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah. I didn't have a, a worry in the world. I was living on the road. I was traveling with my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, driving box trucks across the country. I thought, you know, my shit didn't stink. I had a a <laughs> Suzuki box van in in '96. You know, I had Scott. I thought I was that guy. You know, yeah. and I just didn't have a, a worry in the world. I was. Living the dream life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was that kid that grew up a fan. Yeah. Got the bad boy tattoo yeah. when I was super young. I wasn't even old enough. To, I wasn't even 18. Yeah, yeah. And I got the bad boy tattoo. I was just a super fan. You know, I remember when I first met Kyle, all I wanted to do was get put Camel Supercross stickers on my forks right. when I worked for Ray Crumb. <laughs> and I bought a bike from Kyle one time, and I said, are you going to put the stickers on? And his mechanic's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Let me finish building this right, thing. Right. I'm all, all I wanted to do was see those stickers on the yeah, fork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just a super fan. And then next thing I know it, I'm in the pits. I'm in there. I became yeah. friends with all the guys. Everybody, yeah. You're and playing poker with everybody. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I became really, really good friends with Jeremy McGrath and Jeff yeah. Emick and yeah. just all these guys that I was like in awe over. Right. And, you know, after that, when I went to work for uh, Plano, a lot of stress came up on me. Um, they hired me. You left Triple X uh, in the middle of '98. Did you already have the deal from Plano? Like, was that done? Is that why you left, or did you just quit because you were over it? Like, no, I was getting. It was a. It. I. I left after. I left. No, I didn't leave in '98. I left it um, after Supercross in '99. I worked for Phil Lawrence. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So okay, when you left in '99. Uh, sorry, when you left in '99. Yeah, I for already, Phil, you already had the Plano thing. Yes. You're like later. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the way I got the Plano thing was Voss is your boss. The Phil Lawrence people. Yes, exactly. Yes. The right. way I got hooked up with uh, Steve Wagner at Plano Honda was Wyatt. 
Wyatt worked for Grayson Goodman at the time, and they were going to start up a team because Plano Honda sponsored Grayson. Yeah. And um, Wyatt really wasn't into you know managing the team and stuff, and mm-hmm. he referred me. Yep. Um, to this gentleman, Steve yeah. Wagner. But but it was stressful. It ended up being stressful. You guys never got paid by Shark, right? You're trying to. Well, run the this guy team. ended up the, the the guy that we did our deal with that was the importer for Shark Energy. Yep. Uh, killed himself. Yeah. Um. So, so we never got so, that money, and that was the first year. And then the second year, um, Steve funded it himself and put himself in really a financial um, bad situation. Yeah, yeah. And the next year, uh, I believe Sheik and Ping took it over. I don't remember, yeah. Yeah, and I was um, – You went I, to Utopia? I left then, yeah. and then I did some – uh, I was still doing the oh, funny you thing was for I Travis did Elliot for a bit for his mechanic. Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny thing was I had a deal worked out with Plano that I would, I did the warp tour during the week yep. and then I would fly from the warp tour to the races. Oh yeah. And I would try to do business. The warp tour closed down by the way. I know they had their last Is that, Does that sadden you? No. Oh, everything okay. comes to an end. All right. Okay. Um, but they, uh, I would fly back and forth and I got really I, – I met a lot of people, you know, through doing the Warp Tour. And when that um, – my Plano thing ended, I got the opportunity to go uh, work for Tony Hawk in the Boom Boom Huck Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and during – you know, it was before Nitro Circus. Is that when you met Hart? No, no, no. When did you meet I, Hart? Did you meet dude, Hart? Dude, I knew Hart when he raced. When he was okay. 154 on a Yamaha. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I did um, too, but that's when I met him. Yeah. But it was I mean, more like we would park was... next to him. He knew Sheik back okay. in the day in 96. Right. Yeah. Um, and Hart I... actually borrowed my phone card to call his dad after his first ever main event, uh-huh. Minneapolis Supercross. He's like, I got to call my dad. I call my dad. I'm like, here's my phone card. Um, he, uh, Plano Honda sponsored yeah. Hart. Okay. Um, and, and I got him hooked up with Honda. Okay. All right. To so, get him his, his back. So the boom, lines. boom, huck. The boom boom thing. Yeah, so I did yeah. the boom boom thing yeah. for uh, I think two years. Kerry uh, got me that deal. Kerry was on the tour yeah. for for a second, and then he got broke off really bad. And I did that, and then after that, I um I was you know it was only you know call it it wasn't year long. It was only you know yeah. probably three months out of the year. Um, and then a really good friend of mine named Jim Hartman, who uh, owned a company called Utopia Optics, um. They just yeah. did eyewear, wanted to get involved in the power sports business and wanted to do a goggle and came to me and asked me, hey, what do you think? Do you want to come aboard and help me do that? And I was living in Venice. Um, he lived in Santa Monica. And uh, we had an office down there. And uh, I jumped on board there yeah. and did that from 2003 to 2006. Um, but the Deegan 95, 96 chic air, like that. Yeah, that was that was, that was, fun. That was awesome. Right. It, it, and it... God, even people, people need. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Even like in '96, at the end of '96, it all blew up, and it all blew up. And it, even then, I wasn't stressed out. Uh, Sheik's dad just really, oh just, yeah, yeah, you guys really disliked yeah. me because Scott had Scott signed a contract to go to Honda. He was done. He had an ankle problem. He wasn't doing good. His dad thought I was the reason why. Yeah. Me and his dad never seen eye to eye. His. Uh, you know, even though the year before his dad was his mechanic and he had like four or five DNFs, <laughs> um, but whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. the situation was, I felt like I had a big part to help right. Scott get to that next level, and yeah. I was happy for Scott. And him and Buddy Antonez were battling for for uh, top, top private, privateer. Yeah, he was great. Buddy well, was a great Western Bank. Yeah. Bert, 
This yep. guy Bert worked for Buddy yep. for the la- and quit the la- and had two races to go. I remember. So Bert. Budman, yeah. Bud hits me up. He's like, "Kate up, you know." I was at you know I was at uh, Binghamton, and they they told me that I was done. Get my toolbox and get out of there. So I was like, "Fuck! What am I going to do? I need to find a ride back home." Yeah. And I walked over to Dean Gibson, and I'm all, "Hey!" And he worked for Phil. Yeah. And I'm like, "Dude, I just got clipped. Can I bring my my toolbox over here and put it in your truck and maybe just get a ride? Yeah. Go to just hang hang out and yeah. help you guys out for the next couple of races." Right. And he goes, "Dude, this is Bert's last race. Bud needs a mechanic." <laughs> and he's like. Bud, man, you want K Dub? K Dub needs a job. He's like, what happened to Sheik? I go, didn't work out. He's like, you're my guy. So <laughs> I worked for Bud, and the next week I'm pit boarding him to so, beat Sheik, and I'm like, dude, this is awkward. This is weird. Yeah, and oh. then uh, I went work for Bud for the first round of the Mexican Supercross yeah. series. Yeah, that's where you rescued somebody from drowning. What's that? Didn't you rescue somebody from drowning? No, that was yeah, that was during that series. Right, right, but. I remember that race. Budman was winning, and his fucking seat fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, my bad, Bud. Yeah, um, but uh, that was after that. I uh, that's when I hooked up with Brian Swink, right. and I went to Mexico with Brian as his mechanic. Uh, what did you think of Swink's passing uh, a little while ago, a yeah, couple months was, ago? I talked to J- Jeremy about it on on a show I did on Moto Sixty Show, and yeah, it was sad. Um, you know, he had a lot of not demons. unexpected though. Unfortunately, um, you know, he. He was told by his doctors, yeah. like, you need to slow down. And, you know, he was, you know, when yeah. I talked to Brian, he was just like, yeah. yeah you, you were probably, I don't know for sure, but I would say one of the only industry people that probably kept in touch with him a lot more than most. He was a good friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was always in contact with him ever since he stopped racing. Yeah. You know, I would always, he would call me, I would call him. He would, he did, the dude would hit me up for the last, ever since the fantasy thing started. Because he was majorly involved with fantasy with his buddies. I guess they had a oh, little yeah, league. Yeah. And he would ask me, like... To, to get, like, tips or whatever. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then he would call me the next day. Oh, you fucking suck, you yeah, know? Yeah. But he, you know, a lot of people don't really understand the other side of Brian Swink. He was the type of guy, like, he would go into, you know, call it a uh, convenience store gas station. And he'd be in line, and he would see, like, you know, someone that was poverty-strucken. And he knew it. And, you know, they would be up there and they would be counting change or whatever. And they would, and he would say, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah. If it was 20 bucks or a hundred dollars. Yeah. He, he was that type of guy. And yeah, he had his demons and he did what he had to do. But, you know, a lot of people really don't know some of the backstory on Brian, what he had to deal with internally in his life and stuff that happened with his family. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying that's any kind of an excuse no, yeah, for him. But, but a lot of people a, over, you yeah. know, you have to play the cards you're dealt in life. Yeah. And some people know how to play those cards and some people don't. Right. And, uh, you know. He's a bad dude on a bike. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't I give know. a shit about that. Right. You know, I, I, I miss my friend tremendously, man. Right. I miss those calls. I miss those calls that we, we talk about life. And, um, you know, the last time I talked to him. He was really trying to convince me that his Toyota Camry is the fucking baddest car in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of guy he was. So, um, yeah, too, he's uh, a good dude. I mean, a lot yeah. of people can say what they want when they hear him on you know some shows and stuff when he really wasn't at his best. But at the end of the day, he was a good yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all that matters, whatever you think of him, right? Yeah, no. for sure. Um, and I have a really weird way of dealing with death. Um, I don't really – yeah, I'll mourn for a little bit. But long as their memory 
is in my mind, and yeah. I look at pictures and I think of the and good times. They'll always, whatever, yeah, yeah. they'll always live in my life. Right. Be, I just look at it like, hey, they they moved to right. Europe, and I'm not going to see them anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and that might be wrong. They moved to Europe, and I'm that not might be wrong. See, but you know whatever. what? There's there's still their soul still lives right. within me. Whatever works. Um, you know, that's the way I look at it. The Moto Triple X years. Speaking of swing, the Moto Triple X years. When you read that story I did, and it was a pretty – thanks for knocking that over. That's bullshit. Uh, it's Pulp X thing, and he just knocked it over. Um, the Moto Triple X oral history I did story. It's a few years old now, but when – and I, you were certainly a big part of that story. When you read that thing, do you remember thinking, yeah, this is pretty accurate, or did mem- everybody's memories change over time? And that – and I, no, I don't think anybody did it on purpose. Do you know what I mean? Well, I just, it's one of those things. If we're going to talk about Moto Triple so, X um, – I'll, I'll I'll tell you how it, uh, that my recollection how it went. Yeah. Um, it was 1994, 95, um, and Jordan and Eric Sandin, um, they wanted to do a video, uh, and they what they would do is they would always take their video camera out, and Jordan knew a couple guys from going to LACR. And if you know Jordan, he's that he's you know a likable dude, yeah. and he's the you know, and you know Jordan was in a band, and you know Eric was in No Effects, and they they had their thing going, and uh, they said, hey, we're going to do a video, and they just had this handheld yeah. v- VHS recorder, and they were doing you know starting to film a couple guys here and there, but they really didn't know anybody else, yeah. um, so they got a hold of a gentleman named Kurt Haller who was producing snowboard videos at a high level at the time shooting it on film and i remember the day that i lived with jordan have you like i rented a room from jordan at his house but i was really never there i wasn't there that much because i was always on the road and um kurt came over and they were leaving he said yeah uh jordan's like yeah we're going to out to film at lacr kurt's Mm -hmm. gonna film us (laughs) yeah you both and i look at kurt and i'm all you're going to go film these guys? Like, do you know what? He's like, no, I don't really know much about it, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm like, huh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and, and he like, came back and he's somebody? like, dude, is this what it's all? I'm like, no. No. And so Damon I Huffman knew. Damon Huffman was the first guy or something? You, you yeah. Got, you got yes, a Damon Huffman? Damon Huffman. Right. And I knew everybody yeah. from, you know, in 96. I knew Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis got involved. All these other guys got involved. That I said, hey, these guys are putting a video together kind of like Krusty Demons. You want to be yeah. part of it? And they said, yeah. So that's what I brought to the table mm-hmm. was, was the riders. They yeah. didn't know the riders. Yeah. See, they all forget about that. They all forget yeah. about that. Yeah, nobody knew these guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in 90, at the end of 96, when I got back from Mexico, the video was out all of 90, like all of 96. Yeah. Like it, I think it came out. In it was August. a good video. They did a good job. It turned yeah, out it really came good. out yep. in August of '96, I think. I believe I might be wrong. Yeah. And video sales were really good. Yeah. They wanted to do another video, but they also wanted to promote the video. And I said, "Fucking, we should do a race team." Yeah. Promote it. There's dudes out there that we could, you know, do a good deal. We could do the West Coast racing only, and then maybe go do the outdoor races. And they said, "All right." Well, once again, they didn't know sponsors yeah. they didn't know anything about getting a box truck they didn't know so is that what oh. you took away from the story that i asked that that these guys took gave themselves more credit than they should have i don't well, i mean in a good way we're all friends I, I, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure i, I mean but, say but, you're bitter. but you as care. the team 
Yeah. I was the driving force behind right. getting the team started. Right. I bought the box fan from Suzuki, from Suzuki. Yep. I'm the one that found the guy to paint the character. I'm yep. the guy that... You hired Deegan and so you, I, I'm you, the guy you, that hired a new Robert Ibon to design the character. Right. You know, and then Kurt came with me when we designed the bike. Right. You know, and I'm not t- trying to say no, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah. me, 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 but in that story, it was, you know, about it. And God bless them, you know. Yeah. There, there's... In, in 1997, our box truck wasn't even fucking registered. It had yeah. no insurance. <laughs> yeah. You know, and Kurt was, uh, uh, you know, he ran the team. He ran everything because Jordan and Eric were off doing their thing. Yeah, they're, they're, it was yeah. me and Kurt used to battle, scream at each other. <laughs> you know, I was making 30 grand a year yeah, yeah. doing that. And um, I was freaking working my ass off as driving the box truck. Mechanicking. Mechanicking, ordering, doing everything. Yeah. And, you know. I don't think, uh, and I tried to capture this in the story, and it seems, honestly, Watson, it it was a long fucking time ago, okay? It was, dude, it was uh, uh, 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. 21 years ago, Watson. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was just going to say that. Because I worked I, my ass off, and I remember every fucking thing. I was working for Ty Birdwell, and you knew Birdie because you used to work for Ty Birdwell, so... Yeah. Birdwell gravitated towards you guys, you specifically, not so much the other guys. So, and I was the kid from Canada with his eyes wide open. But we hung out with you guys a lot, and I mean to say, like, so I had a firsthand seat to the, the shit that was going on in the pits with the fans and the CDs and the movies and how people were drawn to you. You guys had this, you know, this niche um, with these guys, and 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 uh, and I, I just tried to capture that in the story, like it was a real happening. It was a real happening. Yeah, well, it was definitely, uh, we wanted to bring a whole new level, and that's what, you know, Jordan and Eric and myself talked about doing is let's bring punk rock into supercross or motorcycle racing because it's a high-adrenaline sport. You know, back in those days, you know, their music was up front, and a lot of the people knew who the bands were and the record labels, and we had a lot of the... It fit into the videos perfectly, that music? Oh, yeah, and the the, the good thing about it is the record labels, it was Fat Records, Nitro, and um, there's one more, the Bad Religion, Pennywise label, and no effects, I've drawn a blank, but these three labels were were behind it because they were selling records and CDs because what we were doing... And they were stoked about it. Yeah. And it was it was yeah, it was epitaph. Sorry, epitaph. epitaph yeah. Why well, did I couldn't think of it either? Of course. Yeah. Not. But it Which was is offspr- offspring label also. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was an awesome time for the for for the sport. Yeah. And I think you know it was you know it's going to go down. And in dude, the, like factory guys would come and hang out. They yeah. liked it. They thought I mean, it was cool. Look at factory Phil. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, Swink was the best fit we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, he was that guy. He was he, NFG. Yeah. He was NFG, especially sure. that year. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, just having yeah. Brian to believe in us. And well, you guys won a race? Deegan won a race? Yeah. Our second race out there, he won. <laughs> it was it was cool, and I just wanted to capture that, and you were a driving force of that. And, yeah, and I'm not uh, trying it was a to real happening. No, listen, no, you it were. was all me, because it was, once again, it took... It wasn't all you, but it was uh, most of you. <laughs> on the racing end, yeah, yeah, but we couldn't have done it without the video. Yeah. Uh, those guys worked hard. Kurt? Worked hard. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to Jordan. I love Jordan like a brother. Um, Jordan, you know, would pop in here and there. Eric would pop in here and there. Yeah. Um, they all want to say that they put a lot more time and energy. God bless them. They 
can think what they want. They know the truth. <laughs> but you know what? They they did what they did. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it was Kurt that? Kurt Haller uh, on the video and that first video. You know, filmed majority of it. Um, I think some of the skits Jordan did. Yeah. Um, Jordan did some stuff. And Kurt did a majority of the editing. Yeah, um, he did pretty much all of the editing, and it was uh, it was a fun time. Man. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was uh, a fun time. It was, and it, it was and, a fun time in the sport. It was a fun time. Overall, and it wasn't yeah. there wasn't no egos involved either with all of us. Yeah. Like it wasn't like ego driven. Like you know, I didn't pound my chest and said, "Oh, I did this, I did this," and I'm still not doing that. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um, people saw Deegan with the spikes on his shoulder pads. And all of that um, over the years, and maybe that's what you think of Brian Deegan. But I was around; he took that shit very seriously. Oh, racing, he fuck. trained a lot. I remember him going for runs during the week when we were down in Florida, and he practiced hard and he took it very seriously. He was still very much like, "I want to be this professional motocrosser." Well, if you look at it after that, he got a, a, a good ride at Chaparral. Yeah, and I, I really believe that Brian deserved more than he got. Um, I think he that one year um, ninety eight. I think he should have got that factory ride at Suzuki over Ryan Huffman, hands down. Hands Was he down. in the running? Was he in the running? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right. And he thought he should have too. Right. But I think uh, it all worked yeah, out. Ryan didn't exactly kill it, so it wasn't exactly. I, a great I really choice. think Brian did okay. Right, right. But at that point in time in his life, I don't think he was too happy. Yep. And um, that 90- might have been a turning point where he said, "Screw it!" Like I put all this work in. Uh, I think the next year when things kind of went south with us, yeah, and then he went on t- um, to another team, and that didn't really work yeah. out. And then I think that's when he just tapped out. Twenty-one years ago, yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> oh boy, uh, that's actually when you actually do the math. It's really depressing because that that means and, I, that means that means I've been in the pits for twenty-two. Well, check this out, Steve. So. I have a daughter now. Yeah. And she's six years old. Yeah, yeah. And it seems like yesterday she was born. Yeah, and I always yeah. tell everybody that I know, it's crazy when you have a kid, it seems like time goes by way faster. Yeah. yeah. It seems like or, it goes by way faster. Or a basset hound. Or a basset hound. It's one of those things that, you know, like I talked about on the show, um, about when I was in the position at, you know, Hart and Huntington and RCH, how I took it for granted. Yeah. And I never thought it would end. And... I'm to the point in my life where I'm finally realizing getting older that life is short, man. Yeah. And there's so many people that we both know in the last five years that we have lost from whatever reason, accidental death, you know, overdosing, whatever it is. And, you know, it could be taken away freely as is given to you yeah. at any moment, you know? So yeah. today I try to live in the now. I try to live one day at a time yeah. and, well, especially you've battled some stuff. You've battled some stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. So, like, like I, you, to you tell know you the that. Truth, yeah. I still battle stuff to this day. Right. Um, you know, I really didn't want to talk about this, but you don't I have will. to. No, you don't have to. I'm no, just saying. No problem. Yeah. I will because I think it needs to be talked about. Um, 2017, um, after the, the team went away, um, I was okay and everything went away. Um, and the beginning of 2018 this year, um, I would say about January, about mid February, I really fell into a mental illness where Mm -hmm. I really was depressed, anxiety. I was hearing voices in my head. 
I, I was really in a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know, you know, what my purpose was here. And yeah, uh, I, I, everything you'd been doing stopped. Like, yeah. there was, like it just stopped. It, everything. <laughs> right. And, you know, I didn't have an income. I, I was stubborn. I thought that maybe I deserved more than was being offered to me. Um, you mean from the teams and stuff, people in the industry? Yeah, yeah just yeah, people yeah, in yeah, the yeah, industry yeah, yeah. and jo- opportunity, job opportunities. Yeah. Like I, I really wanted this one job and it didn't come to fruition and I didn't want to go do these other things. And I fell into a really dark place and uh, it, I got really close of just saying fuck it. Um, and uh, lucky I had strong people around me that saw me. Yep. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I didn't come out of my house for two months. Just that's it. I was locked in my house in my illness and it was grabbing on and just holding on for two months not to do something stupid. And well, you had your daughter. You probably thought your daughter a lot. That is about all I could think about. That was the positive thing in my life. And luckily, um, you know, I have a great family. Um, and I, I had to, reach reach out and say hey i have a fucking problem yeah like i wasn't on drugs um i was on medicine that got really cross-rutted i had a surgery where i had to start taking yeah, um, yeah. pain medicine that's how it starts for a lot of people man and yeah. with taking pain medicine and the mental illness medicine i was taking it just threw me into yeah. a loop and i had to you know get off i had to go check myself into a mental health place yeah for you know a little bit of time to figure out what was really going on yeah. and get on the right medicine to balance myself out. Yeah, uh, um, and, and I'm not ashamed to talk about it because I really believe with the high suicide rate and, you know, I look at it like uh, a lot of athletes, motocross racers, people in general in life go through this, mm-hmm. those ups and downs in life. Um, you know, a lot of writers do, you know, if they're on top, even if they're not at the highest level, and then all of a sudden the phone stops ringing, the boxes stop showing up, yeah. no one cares about them, and they either turn to drugs, alcohol, yeah. you know, or they figure it out and go get a nine to five yeah. job, and they say, okay. I just met one this weekend, Bobby Canari. It's all stop for him, and he's a he's a corrections officer. He seems in a great spot, but I'll tell you what, he hinted, he hinted to me that there was some dark times for him. I don't I don't know anything. I'm not saying subs. Just the quitting of the racing for him was. He'd hit his head a few times, and Bobby was saying, yeah, man. It, well, it getting got, at that, you know, you know, last night when uh, Yellow, what's his name? Raining Yellow. Raining Yellow <laughs> called in, and he wanted to start bashing James. Yeah. Maybe that's something James is dealing yeah. with. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, he's, no. Yeah, I don't know either. But He's had a lot of concussions. Right. Uh, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't judge. I don't judge anybody because you never know what problems the guy standing next to you is going through. No. So you know what? You have to deal, stay in your own lane and deal with your own life and respect everybody and, and talk about it. You know, if you're out there and you're going through issues, you know, you, you could find me, hit me up on Instagram or talk to someone you love and get help. I mean, if you look in, in the news now, you know, there's so much suicide going on with, yeah. you know, or addiction, addiction to even yeah. if it's not addiction, yeah. it's mental health. You yeah. know, you got Robin Williams, you got, you know, Chris Cornell, Anthony I was, I mean, Bourdain, I, yeah. Cornell, uh, Lincoln Park guy. Yeah. Chester. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, th- it's just ongoing. And uh, Kate Spade, you know, all yeah. these people that are set and you think like, oh, yeah, you're like, they're, they're perfect. They have great yeah. lives. 
But they have a dark side to them. Yeah. And that's what all I want to say. I'm not going to try to, you know, yeah. thump this in and say, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's definitely, 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 I think mental health and addiction is a major problem Huge. more than it's ever been. And uh, that's one of my goals right now is to help other people, mm-hmm. talk to people. You know, I go to a lot of meetings um, and I just try to be a better person that I can be every day to make myself the best person I can be and not be the way I used to be and judge people and and, and think that I'm better than other people and take advantage of what I have. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, well said. Well, well. Uh, you look good. You, you, you seem real sharp. Like, you know what I mean? Like you seem. Thank you. You know, perfectly like Kenny Watson. Um well, let's, I don't know about that. Let's not. Let's because not. you say Kenny Watson, yeah. most people say Kenny Watson. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. think of this like the guy last <laughs> no, night. But, but Kenny I, Watson, I see hey, you with a chain of think, a wall, chain wallet. Think how many hours I've spent with you at the races or in that chair when you hosted this co-hosted my show for three years. So I've I've seen a lot of Kenny Watson yeah. in my life, and so you seem really on the ball uh, yesterday and today and everything well, else. So. You know, and and I'll go back to say that uh, there are some things that I had going on in my life from near the end of the Pulp Show. Well, oh, all, oh, oh. All, all <laughs> for my whole life, yeah, yeah, up until yeah, right. you know six months ago, yeah, yeah. that I didn't even know that I had, right. and that was a chemical imbalance, yeah. you know, that I had, and I didn't know, you know, yep. I was diagnosed being bipolar. Right. Go figure. I am not surprised. Go figure, right? I am not surprised. And you know, I got hooked up on the right non-narcotic medicine yep. to balance me out, yep. and I feel. St- more on point. I yeah. feel better than I ever have oh, my good. whole life. Awesome. And, good, uh, good to hear. I, ha- I have a chance today. And that's why I am so not worried about what other people are going to do for me. Yeah. And I say I'm going to do this for me, yeah. and I believe in myself. Oh, hey, this uh, – not that I not that I should be an inspiration to you. I'm not. But I was let go from uh, Racer X my jo- in 2009, and I was really surprised. And I just said, no more. I, I-, I still – I got a job at Transworld, but it wasn't for that great of money. And I came back to Racer X, and I'm really happy with Racer X and everything else. But this whole thing was because I said I'm going to take charge. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to have someone else determine how Dictate your life, yeah. how I'm going to do. And I said I'm going to make this work. And it, it was rough patches for sure, but that's what I did. I'm just like, yeah, no, no, that I'm doing it myself. I and think if I fail, no problem. But I'm doing it myself. I've been doing a lot of research on on uh, people that have done that same thing in life and, you know, successful people and how they've done it. And a lot of most people that have done that, um, that are successful in life and business. um, Mm -hmm. At one point in time, you have to, like you say, throw your nuts on the crossbar and take that chance and believe in yourself. And if you can't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, um, so well, that's that's where it's at. No, but, good, uh, good I, to hear. I think awesome. you're. Uh, I mean, I've been here from the beginning when yeah. you had one podcast, and I watched how you've grown. The podcast has grown, and uh, I give you nothing but props. People can say what they want, but you've turned uh, yourself yeah, into a, a I've nice. Yeah, I've turned living. my loudmouth opinions into a, into a living. <laughs> yeah, I remember this janky little radio show that yeah. you don't make anything off of, right. And do it, and you're where we needed. You know, we needed five grand to get by. Otherwise, yeah. the whole thing was canceled. Yeah, and, um, you know, I take my hat off to you. You know, you're yeah. getting a um, new home. You know, you and Pookie have a great life. And, hey, you know, uh, that's what it's about, man. Well, before before we end this thing, uh, let's end it on a high note. I'm going to give you some names okay. of writers, industry people, whatever. 
and I don't want Kenny's corner stories because we don't have enough time for that, but I want a few thoughts about them or what you think of when I say their name. Okay. All right, just just that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, Ryan Hughes. Uh, Ryan Hughes is very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the in the past years, um, he's maybe found himself. Um, if it's in what he believes in and doing what he's doing with this meditation mm-hmm. and self-will, it's another example that I was just talking about. You never know what's going through someone else's mind and mm-hmm. where they're where they're at. Um, I know he's had some things in his life. Um, getting divorced mm-hmm. and doing what he's doing right now. And Ryan seems like he's very happy. Uh, he's very happy with himself. Jeff Emig. Bro. Bro. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> you want to pass? Jeff, no. Oh, okay. Jeff, Jeff's been pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, he's always been, you know, that pretty outgoing, friendly guy. Um, I don't think, you know, a lot of people, you know, want to judge him and say this, but, you know, he's done good for himself mm-hmm. and his brand. Um, I, I have nothing, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy McGrath. Jeremy McGrath, the king. I yeah. mean, dude's been solid ever since I met him. Um, he hasn't changed much, huh? Nope. 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 Yeah, He's that same guy. He'll come. He'll sit there and talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, great family man. Just a good dude. I I, I consider Jeremy a good friend. All right. Um, Phil Lawrence. Factory. Factory. Phil. Uh, same with Phil. Phil's never never changed. I think he's when he quit racing, he was another guy that didn't just feel sorry for himself. He mm-hmm. was a guy that always, even back when I worked for him, he had something to fall back on. Yep. Um, he, he had his little side business, what he was doing, and uh, he's grown that into something really big. He has a great family, and uh, I still talk to Phil. Ivan Tedesco. One of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think Ivan will have a problem with me saying that. There's another guy that kind of fell into that dark spot for a little bit, mm-hmm. not knowing what he was going to do. Um and, uh, you know, we talked about it back then, and I, I I really didn't really realize what he was going through until mm-hmm. I had to go through it. Yep. And then I had to pick up the phone and say, hey, man, right. I'm going through it. How'd you do it? And uh, he was one of those guys that really reached out to me. And um, I love Ivan. Yep. I love him like a brother. He is uh, – and, you know, you could – Talk about him as a dirt bike racer, whatever. I consider him a really good friend. Nick Way. He's like Jeff Emick to me. <laughs> yeah. He's just awesome. Right. Just an awesome guy. Awesome. Um, Josh Jensen. Another another one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, guy that really was concerned about me as a person. And, uh, you know, he uh, – Away from Josh Hansen, I don't look at Josh Hansen as anything to do with motorcycles. Yeah, as a racer um, I look at him and, yeah. as a, a solid, solid, solid friend. That he's the type of guy that I could call and would do anything in the world for me if he could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, I, I, it was a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to watch Josh grow into a man that he is after him becoming a father. Right, and uh, it's awesome that we could spend time together as fathers and talk about our children and hearing Josh talk about, you know. 
I don't care about anything but making a better life for my daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm not even concerned about me. Right. You know, he's not he's not worried about style. Put it this way. Josh will go and buy his daughter, you know, really nice clothes and really nice things and support her whatever he can and spend his money and then go to the swap meet and buy Velcro tennis shoes. Right. He doesn't give a shit about anything right. but his kid. Uh, and I, I respect that from a man. Ken Roxon. Dude, the heart of a lion, man. Yeah. Uh Ken is always if you don't know Ken, he's uh He's one of those guys that will always, um, if you're friends with him, he'll you know he'll always mm-hmm. be a courteous, kind, um, straight shooter, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I really believe that Ken is going to do really, really well next year. Um, he's not putting it so much pressure on himself, um, but away from racing, um, it's just uh, it's blessed to see him grow up too. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, him and Courtney are going to have a really good life together. Um, I think Courtney was probably the best thing to happen to him because, uh, you know, he was a young man um, when he came over here and his, he sent his parents home. And yeah. he was 21 years old with multi-million dollars in the bank. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Courtney and him, you know. And she seems like she's on the ball for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. she She's she's really good for Ken and they seem like they have a really good life together and I'm happy for both of them. Uh, Ricky Carmichael. That's another one of my, you know, great friends. Uh, you know, I, I, I reached out to Ricky and talked to Ricky about all this stuff. And, you know, I, uh, you know, Ricky is probably in that same category of hitting that low if he didn't have so much stuff going on in his life, mm-hmm. but he does. And, you know, he has, uh, you know, he, he could have felt sorry for himself, you know, after he got divorced and, you know, all this other stuff happened in his life, but uh, having friends like Ricky, Carrie, and Josh, and, and Carrie Hart um, that were there, and I could talk to you about what I'm going through and see how they persevered to get to the top mm-hmm. and battle through this, um, I owe a lot to those guys. Uh, that's about it, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming by. Dude, it was my uh, pleasure. I'm yeah. glad we got to do this, man. That was cool. Yeah, it was good. Good times. Uh, lots of stuff you've accomplished in your career. Uh, lots of fun. I can't believe it's been that many yeah, right? fucking years. But, uh, yeah, real cool to uh, to have you in board for this Pulp Show and then for this podcast and a little trip down memory lane. And maybe we maybe we uh, help the sport a little bit with some ideas about sponsorship and everything. I don't know. I doubt you it. You know, I got some, I got some <laughs> things cooking, but I, I really don't want to come out and – Tell people how to run their deal and, yeah. and give them the answers and the keys to do it. What about what about putting your face like I've got my face on Alex Ray's jersey for Washugo? Like, did, is that I'm an not, idea? Did I can, can we can we do something like that? No, okay. I, I'm I'm not about <laughs> being that guy. I'm not about. I just you know, want my face on a jersey, dude. I don't like, dude. Those days are over. Those days are over for me to to be that guy to say, "Oh, Kenny Watson." I don't care. I'll be the guy in the background that no one even says my name. I don't care. Wow. What it's about for me today is to be a strong man, wow. a good father, and a good person, and be able to help another human being today. Well, I'm not doing any deals that I don't get my face on the jersey. Yeah, I don't. That's that's your prerogative, <laughs> and that's that's cool that you want to do that. <laughs> Uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars and the folks at Maxis. Kenny Watson, thank you very much, bud. And uh, we will see you at the races, I'm sure, soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.